0: All right, um, we're going to take for a text this morning, Psalm 22. I will read verse, actually let me read verse 1 to 3. My emphasis is on verse 3, but let me start from verse 1, 2, 3. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, okay, and uh, this translation says, Why have you stopped helping me? Is this New King James? I thought I had a New King James too. Why is it different? (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This is the second part that is... Why why have you stopped helping me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning. Verse 2. My God, I cried in the daytime, but you do not hear... And in the night season, and that I'm not silent. Verse 3. It says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. I will be talking on what I call wings of praise. Wings of praise. The emphasis for me this morning is that verse 3 that the Bible says, But you are holy enthroned in the praises of. Israel, you see, one of the things you start to find out if you have lived long enough is that there are some common things to men, there are things that happen to all men, even though sometimes the devil makes you to think that some things are peculiar to you and tries to blow out of proportion some of the things that happen to you. But I need to tell you something that this scripture was written by David. And David, the Bible calls David the man after God's heart. And it's not even David that gave that testimony out by himself. You know, so everybody, if you ask them what do you think about yourself, or what do you think God thinks about you, we're always very flowery and very you know elaborate in our our suggestion. And and it's true because the Bible speaking in John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world, and really, yes, you can look at the world from the perspective of a lot of people. But the truth of the matter is that God was not just seeing the volume or the quantity. He was looking at the individual. So God so loved me. I can put my name there. So that's true. But in the story of David, God himself was the one that said, David is a man after my own heart. I have found David my servant. Uh, Psalm 89 verse 20 to 22. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. So God himself really, really prized himself about David. But this is that same David <laughs> that wrote the song. And then he now began to ask the question, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm here to tell somebody that um, even Bible people, even great people, also have low moments. So, low moments is not because you're a low person, it's just because you're a person. So, don't let the devil make low moments in 2024 make you feel like, Wow, what just happened to me? Welcome to the club. Welcome to humanity. It is. The burden of wearing this thing called flesh, you will have tribulations. The Bible says there are many, many are the affliction of the righteous. Because some people think affliction is the same thing as iniquity, as sin. It is possible that affliction and and sin can go hand in hand. But there are sometimes affliction is not because of what you didn't do right. Or it's not because of you are not standing right with God it's not because you don't even know God it's not because you have not prayed it's not because you didn't come for the healer no sometimes uh, good things good things happen to good people some other times bad things happen to good people so when you see low moments don't let it take you how and don't let it take away your focus from a high God from a powerful God from a good God from a God that is always with you. In fact, here is what to do with low moment. Commonize it. Remember someone like David. Remember someone like Abraham. Remember someone like Job. These are men of God. These are guys that are in the Bible. These are Bible characters. and You need to understand that for you to even make your name made it to the Bible, I think there's a big deal about you. All right? So, now, if you are in the Bible, they put your name. And, you know, because in the Bible, sometimes they put some people, certain persons. You know, they will mention their city, the Shunammite woman, you know, and things like that. They won't mention that. So, if they mention your real name, you're a big deal. But even this big deal, people, they have issues. And um, the best thing, if you find yourself in such situation, is to commonize it. Let's look at this scripture. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians 10, I believe it's 13. It says, There is no temptation that is taking you, but such that is. Common to men. The way out of temptations, the way out of things that come to you, temptations and trial, is to know how to put them on this common ground. You make them common. You make them common. So, commonize the problem. Don't make the problem bigger than your God. Don't make the issue about the issue. Don't, don't let another issue come out from the issue. Yes, there is an issue. And I'm not saying ignore it. Because some people, what they hear from service and church sometimes is that, well, the man of God is saying believe in God. And believing God means that you should, you should deny everything that is existing. No, you are not to live in denial. But you are not to be under the weight of the reality. You are not to walk under what you see. Because let me tell you the truth. The things that are th- seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen, they are eternal. So, you are not the first. We have a cloud of witnesses, men and women, such as David in this scripture, who have had experiences that were not so good, but God brought out the good from it. Can I speak to somebody this morning? That very horrible experience that you are going into now, God is bringing out a good thing out of it. Your amen didn't show you were in church. So, people of the Bible also had things. Now also another thing that I see here quickly before I really go to the meat of the matter is that you can ask God questions. You can ask God questions. I'm sure sometimes we have songs like this. Unquestionable you are the Lord. It depends on how you really look at that song because there is a part of that song that is not really necessary and not scriptural. You can ask God questions. You know, for me, it's very intriguing that Jesus' most profound statement did not come in a sermon. Jesus' most profound statement. Go and read the New Testament. They were a result of question and answer. Mark 11, 24. It was not a sermon. It was just an experience that they were working with Jesus, and the Bible said, because they saw what happened to the victory, they said, Master, the victory which thou causes has withered and immediately Jesus answered them and told them that if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be doubtable. That was... A result of a questioning or a a kind of transaction of talking and getting response. That was a result of that. So God is not schizophrenic or, you know, paranoid. Ah, this human being, they're going to ask me one AI question now that I will not know. No, come on. He made you. He made you. He made you with the mouth. He made you with reasoning. In fact, he says, come, let us do what? Reason together. Because sometimes some people don't know that God wants you to think. No, he gave you a mind to think. In fact, when you come to him, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, it says we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the word renewing. Can somebody say renewing? renewing. It didn't say removing. Because sometimes that's how we think in church. We think that, well, I, I do, when it is with God, you know, faith is not logical. It is true. But faith is not also stupid. Amen. Can somebody say amen? amen. I was—I uh, think it was one of our doctors, not medical doctor, now PhD person—that said recently, in my hearing. They said, science and spirituality are not at war; they are not fighting. Can somebody say amen? amen? Of course, there's sometimes science says all kinds of bloated things, you know, uh, you know, people came from ape and all that, you know. And over time, science will now backtrack, and some of things are saying, of course, science sometimes jump ahead of himself and say all kinds of things. But it is possible to appreciate science, to give uh, given to thinking and still be scriptural and still be godly. Can somebody say amen to that? So you can ask God questions. The only thing that is not necessary and you should not do is to question the character of God. You can ask God questions. You can ask God questions. But to now say God are you no more God or you don't start to doubt and put question mark on the integrity of God? That's where there's a problem. So in this place, David was asking God a question and God did not say that that was a bad thing. In fact, even in the book of Job, you know, there was all kinds of conversations happening in Job. The reason why God gave a very interesting and not so uh, a pleasant answer to Job later on was because Job now began to... They pushed him to start questioning the person of God. So God wants you to ask questions. And I want you to look at 2024 like that because there are some things that will not change until somebody questions it. The reason we read about the story of Jabez was because there was a day. He said, why is this so? Sometimes some people don't know that it is the day that enough become, uh, it is the day that you are tired of being tired that things start to change. It is the day that you come to the place and say, why is this happening in my family? And there are people listening to me this morning, but the reason of this thing that you are hearing, you should question something. You should question some parents. You should question, why is it that I have shown up and I have not seen the things that they said I was going to see? What is the problem? What is responsible for this? And That may not start a journey for you to get to the answer. Because except you are asked the right question, you may not get the right answer. The reason some of us are not getting the right answer is that we are not asking the right question. There is a dimension of you coming to a space where you are asking the right questions. That God begins to provide you with the right answers. And I want to speak to somebody this morning. God will give you an answer of peace. You didn't hear me. God will give you an answer of peace in the name of Jesus. Now to balance that question and answer thing, and if you later start to read in that uh, Psalm twenty-two, you start to see some things that even David was saying. That I feel like you need. We need to super balance the fact that something is written in the Bible does not mean I have to say it to myself. It's not even every Bible character that said the right thing at every time. There are sometimes a Bible character says something. And in the light of other scripture and the integrity of who God is, you know that they were not representing God. You know that they were just speaking out of the experience. For example, look at this scripture. In verse 6 of that same uh, um, Psalm 22 that we read, the Bible says, this is David speaking. He said, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by people. You know some people will go and read this Bible's passage and say, Since David said it, and what David said, Jesus quoted part of it. You remember now, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, Jesus said this same thing. He said, uh, my father... Why have you forsaken me? So some people immediately think that everything that follows that must mean that I must say no. But if you come and begin to say this, it will be inconsistent with other parts of the Bible. Because the Bible says here that David was saying is a woman. David was saying that he's less than a man. But that's not true. He says I have loved you with an everlasting love. He says you are the apple of my eye. The Bible said when he created you, he said you were very good. Now how do you become a woman? So I want, to, I want to balance that question part that as you ask questions, as you say things, make sure that you always speak in line of scriptures. All right? So from this passage, one of the things we can conclude is that Bible people have issues. Uh, you can ask God questions. And sometimes Bible characters too can be very funny. And they may say some things that are out of line of scripture. And if you see those things, balance it with the other scriptures and all fast to that which is your present reality in Christ. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, let me say this, that God's silence should not be mistaken for his absence. Because David was asking a question here. And in verse 2, he says that he's not silent. And he's saying that he's not silent as suggesting to God that God, you are silent. But me, I'm not silent. God, I'm talking, I'm praying, I'm asking questions, but, you are not, but I want you to understand this morning that the silence of God is not the absence of God. The fact that God has not said anything, the fact that even Jesus, when he was praying this prayer and say, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? It didn't mean that God was not present, it didn't mean that God is not absent. Sometimes God is silent because he's doing work in the background, sometimes God is silent because God is making things to happen for you. I want to let somebody know some of you I hear you started praying and fasting where they what now The can somebody remind me. If you are fasting remind me you should remember you are just fasting oh okay okay huh huh who is reminding me Some people are not even sure that we are fasting oh my god okay we are fasting 18 18 is he 18 19 19 <laughs> so 17 18 19 either one <laughs> but we are fasting and some people will have been asking questions will have been praying or even before this fasting, some people have been praying and asking questions from God. And it seems as if God has not heard. Let me tell you the truth. God hears every single uh, prayer. You know, one of the songs that was sung this morning that uh, the incense can arise. Our prayer is an incense good smelling odor. And our God is not just a prayer hearing God. It's a prayer answering God. Can somebody say amen? amen. So when he's silent, it does not mean that He is absent. So there are many people listening to me this morning that it feels like God is silent. It does not mean it's absent. So how can I stay focused? How can I stay in the moment, even with all these contradictions? Uh, sometimes when I face issues, sometimes when even I have asked God a question and there seems to be silent, there needs to be a kind of orientation you need to have which verse 3 of this Psalm 22 brings to us. It is an orientation that, but God is holy. That's what the Bible says here. Moses said, uh, I said, Moses, David said, but God is holy. Why does the holiness of God need to be brought to book in this place? You see, sometimes some people don't even understand why it is a beautiful thing for God to be holy. Because sometimes when people hear the word holy, they feel like, ah, that's that aspect of God that doesn't want me to enjoy what I like. No. It is the aspect of God which He also wants to manifest in your life that talks about God being complete. It talks about God being complete. I read this uh, definition about holiness or holy in, the, in one of the dictionaries that I read. And it says, holiness can mean sacred. It can mean set apart. But it's actually from an old English word that, that is uh, spelled H-A-L. And I pronounce hal. And it means whole. Whole. Complete. Not fraction no not pieces not fragmented not broken into pieces so when you remember the holiness of god you know that god is complete you know that God is, there is no fragment in him. There is no pieces in him. There is no, uh, you know, you come to him, you are not sure what to get. You come to him, you are not. You, he may not be in a good mood. No, he is a whole God. He is a complete God. And that means that if I come to him or if David came to him in the Old Testament and Emmanuel comes to him now, I can be sure that the same God who was whole and holy in the time of David is still the same God in my time. That's why Hebrews 13 verse 8 is very interesting and very true. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same when yesterday is the same when today is the same when forever. So that means that it does not change, it remains the same. So when you understand his holiness, it helps you a lot, it keeps your mind at rest. It makes you understand that this will also pass. It makes you understand that if I find myself in a trying position, as long as I stay with him, uh, I can overcome. Uh, And I speak to somebody this morning, there will be overcoming for you in the name of Jesus. So it's from that is completeness. It is from that is wholeness that he had to everything in our life. And the Bible says uh, this complete God, this whole God, He he flies on a frequency, and one of those frequencies is praises. He says, but you are holy, you who is enthroned on the praises of your people. It's as if when his people begin to praise him, and this word praise here is Tehillah. When his people know how to do Tehillah, and Tehillah does not have to be 24 hours, amen. We just praise God for 24 hours as we we feel is good, especially to begin the new year, you know. Um, so if you can praise God for five minutes we are going to praise God this morning and it will not be 24 hours, amen just for in case you were thinking are we going to do Tehila again like we did two days ago, we are going to praise God but you see you need to understand that God does something with your praise God does something in the midst of your praise, there is a there is a dimension of God that God is everywhere you, you, you probably know that from just basic definition and basic understanding of God. God is everywhere. Including places you didn't think He would be in. Including bad places. God is everywhere. But God is everywhere does not mean God is manifestly present everywhere. Because if you say God is everywhere, you may be tempted to think that if God is everywhere, when there is evil, why does God not step in? God is not everywhere manifestly in the way that he should be. In the way that heaven should be. Affecting earth for God to manifestly show Himself in places, He has to be involved, He has to be invited so that He will be involved. So, the invitation can come in the place of prayer the invitation can also come in the place of praises. And so this scripture is telling us this morning that God rides on the praises of his people. When his people begin to praise him, you need to understand that something happens in that atmosphere. You are bringing the manifest presence of God to be there. God has been there before you showed up, but God now is involved or is invited in a way that he shows himself it's as if god has been in the house but he was a tenant now imagine when you now switch the role of him being a tenant to being the landlord you know the the the, the roles are different now so he's occupying a space there but when you now make him the one in charge his responsibility, so to say, has changed. So, when we begin to praise God this morning, I want you to see it from that perspective that I am handing over things to God. I am making God, even though he's aware by the fact that he knows everything, I am now making this particular situation, now his responsibility to take care of it. And you are going to see awesome things in your life in this morning service and in this 2024 in the name of Jesus I want you to know that as we begin to praise God this morning, there will be healings. Can somebody say amen to that? The Bible is speaking in Malachi chapter 3, 4 verse 2. The Bible says there is healing in His wings. So when we praise God, when we invoke and... The God who inhabits the praises of his people, the God who is enthroned in the praises of his people, will begin to heal people. There are people that will be healed in this service. There are people that have family members that the healing from this service will touch your family members. I thought I was speaking to some people that are hearing me. In the name of Jesus. So healing will flow on our praises this morning. What will also happen on our praises this morning? Instructions will be given. You see, sometimes we miss precious things that happen in the presence of God. Whenever we come to the presence of God, there are presents, and it's not one size fits all. There are all kinds of things going on there. God, when you come to his presence, is going to give you presents. And one of the presents will be healing. One of them is also instruction. You will hear things. Some things will be quickened on the inside of you. And that's why when we come into an atmosphere where God begins to move in that dimension, you are not casual. You are somebody that you know how to capture it. Because there's so many people The reason why many people feel like God has not spoken to me before It's not because God didn't speak to you You don't know how to capture it You don't know how to store it You don't know how to get what he has told you And hold it So you feel like well he told me I will remember (laughs) He told Abba I'm going to tell you some things But write it down Even he when he was going to give the 10 commandments Remember he wrote it down And gave it to Moses When Moses broke it in anger He wrote another one Why does he need to do that? Can't it depend on his memory? It's because when you appreciate what is about to come, more of it will come. The reason why many things are not coming the way they should come is that God does not like your appreciation level. He, doesn't, he knows that these weighty things that he wants to give to you, you are not going to be able to receive it. Remember when he was going to talk to Samuel, he first started like this. Samuel, Samuel. And, and as long as Samuel did not understand to a level that this is God, God still kept operating with him at that level until he knew that when God speaks, you have to tell him I am ready to hear. So it is not only that God wants to speak, he also wants to speak to the person that is ready to listen. And I want to tell you in this atmosphere, there will be instructions. Write them down. The reason why God will tell you things is because he knows that you are going to cherish it. He, He knows that you are going to keep them. He knows that you are going to do something with them. He knows that he's not just going to throw his treasure to swines. He told us, don't cast your prayers to to swine. So he knows that if you cherish, if you are somebody given to cherishing what he will say, he will say it to you. Because in the midst of praise, in the midst of praising God, one of the presents you find there is instructions. The Bible speaking, Isaiah chapter 30, from 29 to 30. Isaiah 30, 29 to 30. The Bible says you will have a song in the night when the holy holy solemnity is kept. It says Gladness of heart, as when you go with the flute to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the Mighty One of Israel. Verse thirty. Verse thirty. It says the Lord will cause His glorious voice to be what heard. There will be instruction. You will hear the glorious voice of God. It may come through the man of God, but it doesn't have to. It could come through the person singing, but it doesn't have to. God can just directly quicken something on your heart. Note it down, because God is going to do something with that. What will happen in the midst of our praises this morning? Because we are going to praise God again, just like we did yesterday. What will happen? There will be multiplication. There will be enlargement. It will look like really what God told us that is going to be happening in this season, that we have come into a season of big things. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 19. someone can get on the keyboard, I'm about to round off so that we will praise God. Then I'll come declare some things. If God gives us permission, minister along some lines. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 19. What happens in the midst of your praise? Remember, we are praising this God because of the consciousness that this is a whole God, holy God, Right? With, in spite of all the things that is happening or has happened Yes, we look like Bible characters We understand that this God is holy This God is whole, complete And from this completeness, we now begin to praise Sometimes even praise Him before we see the result So, For example, if you need healing Maybe you are starting to praise God out of pain Or something like that Before you see the result and one of the things that will happen is that in that praise, in, in the midst of that your praise, God is going to bring out many things, among which is healing. God is going to bring out instruction. And then this last one that I want to share is going to make multiplication and enlargement possible. Verse 19 of Isaiah 30 says, For the people shall dwell in Zion. Is this 19 or 29? I think I'm mixing it up. Isaiah 30, 3029, excuse me? Just not this I will multiply them and they shall not be few. Isaiah 13, Oh, excuse me. Jeremiah 13, 19. I give you Isaiah 39. Jeremiah 13, 19. The Bible says, And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry. He says, I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. I thought those people came to church this morning. Let me, let, let me go over it again. The Bible says, out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry, I will multiply them multiplication is better than addition let me say it again I will multiply them it says they shall not diminish they shall not be few I will also glorify them and they shall not be small you are wholly the one that dwells in the midst of the praises of your people and in that praise there will be healing and in that place in that praise there will be the release of his voice you will hear his instruction And in that place, there will be multiplication. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not tickling your fancy, but I'm telling you the truth. Many of you are coming into a season of multiplication. You are coming into a season of enlargement. Where you thought you were at maximum, that your maximum is becoming minimum. Your big today is becoming small for tomorrow what you see today and say that's a big thing God is changing that vocabulary your big your present big is becoming your new small you are coming into a new big so I want you to be expecting as we praise God this morning we are not just doing something we normally do after Tehillah no 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 no. we, we are working a principle that we see David talk about in this scripture and what God can do through the praises of his people is going to be doing this morning And so my challenge to you this morning is this. Look to Jesus and leave. I want you to focus your eyes on him as we praise him this morning. I don't want you to come and focus your eyes on any other thing. Not even the music. You will sing the music, but focus on Jesus. Make sure you are looking at Jesus. And as you look at him,